Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the Heavenly Authority series. Several weeks back, we studied the young King Solomon's petition for wisdom and knowledge as we continued our exploration of what the scriptures tell us about heavenly authority. And I'll reread from 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 7, where Solomon prayed, Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Understanding to discern justice. Very important. Behold, I have done according to your words, See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days." And as we study when we read that a couple of weeks back, we have another example of a young leader starting out right, starting out correctly, just as Saul did and just as David did. Solomon's wisdom, his understanding to discern justice, is quickly displayed to the nation of Israel with his judgment of the case of the two harlots in 1 Kings chapter 3, starting at verse 16. Let me read it to you. Now, two women who were harlots came to the king and stood before him. So, obviously, these women are not of the greatest reputation. They're sinners. And still Solomon hears their case. Still he will adjudicate. Still he will judge the case. He doesn't put them away simply because they're harlots. And one woman said, Oh my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house. Obviously, they're probably very poor. One of the reasons that leads to their profession. And I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth. And we were together. No one was with us in the same house except 
the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side. And you can see the carelessness involved here. Not only are they harlots, but one of them is so careless that she actually turns over in bed and suffocates the child. So she arose in the middle of the night, verse 20, and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, No, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. And what a situation, right? People that are not of the best reputation telling stories that are diametrically opposite, exactly opposite. And Solomon has to judge who's right and who's wrong. And it's a very difficult thing. How do you deal with opposing stories? How do you deal with liars? Somebody here is obviously lying. And that is a problem for leadership, for all judges, for all trials, for all cases. And it's even a problem in the church, sometimes especially in the church, because in the church you could have many very pure, good-hearted, innocent people who are willing to help and do that which is right, and they could be ready prey for the deceitful, for the users, for the takers to come in and to fabricate and sometimes because of innocence, it's all too easy for us to fall for the lie and to become ensnared. And it's a problem for leadership in Christian churches. It was a problem right at the beginning, the very beginning of the church, in the book of Acts, you have the account of who? Ananias and Sapphira, right? Lies are very difficult things to deal with because you're asking to get into somebody's mind and their heart and judge. You have two women that look identical, telling opposite stories, and how, how do you decide? How do you decide a case like this? Very difficult when people lie to tell. Some lies are very easy to see through, but when somebody is bent on lying, remember this means who's going to have a son that they can raise to take care of them, which was important, an important thing in this time period. So the one that's lying is zealous in the lie. And when somebody's zealous and lying, it's very difficult to discern. What does Solomon do? Verse 23, remember Solomon is young here. He's about 20 years old, 21 years old. And the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, but your son is the, the dead one, and my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, O oh my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, give the first woman 
the living child, and by no means kill him, she is his mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. So the Lord uses this situation to bring fear upon the people that this very young fellow has wisdom way above his age and is able to come up with such insight to show clearly the truth. Obviously, the mother whose child it is loves that child so much that she would rather the other woman have him than he die. And the other woman who's harsh and callous and looking to steal him is willing to have that child die. And by Solomon's command, by his wisdom, by his cunning, by his craftiness, he's able to discern between these two women. Now, obviously, it may only work one time this way. If a similar case was brought before him again, something else would have to come from the Lord because they know, well, he didn't kill the first child. They react this way only because what? They fear that Solomon might do it. Now, did he ever intend on killing that child? No. But they didn't know that. They did not know that. And there's an important point there because as we study heavenly authority, as we read and go in then into the New Testament and Christian leadership, when you have situations that come up, and they may not be as dramatic as, as this, obviously, this is more of a legal matter in today's society than it would be a church matter. But when you have conflicting stories, when you have trouble in this way, the leadership in the church needs to be, like Solomon, as cunning as a serpent. Even if it means appearing hard or harsh. You know, we have this image in Christianity that if we're not all soft, mushy, lovey-dovey, boy, you must be a bad person. And that could overflow into the leadership. And the leader trying to, whatever position God places that person in, trying to be so nice and kind and appear so much like the love of Jesus that there's no firmness or seriousness or hardness in what they project. Solomon here had to project some type of cunning, some type of hardness, because if they didn't believe him, the truth would never have come out. And you say, well, is that a biblical position he took? Well, look in Psalm 18. Psalm 18, verse 25. David sings, With the merciful, you meaning God, you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. Now we know that. God shows himself merciful. He shows himself blameless. He shows himself pure. But look at the second part of verse 26. And with the devious, the twisted, you will show yourself shrewd. Literally, you will show yourself devious. That's why Jesus said, be as peaceful, as harmless as doves. Solomon is harmless here. He's peaceful. His name means peace. He desires no damage be done to that child. But he is as cunning, as Jesus said, as a serpent. And it's biblical because God himself acts that way with human beings. When we're merciful, when we're 
blameless, when we're trying to be pure, when we're trying to do what's right, God is merciful. He shows his love, his loving kindness to us. But if we think we can play a game with God, God can be very crafty, very shrewd, very cunning. And so it's important for us as believers in our interactions with the world, because, you know, sometimes people will try to take advantage of you on the outside because you're a Christian. And there's a time to turn the other cheek. There's a time, even if you know somebody is using you, to if they want you to go one mile, go two miles. If they want to take your coat, give them your tunic as well. But there's also a time to be as peaceful as doves and as cunning as a serpent. And Solomon projects, and it's very important in leadership, he projects the authority God gives him, and that's how the truth comes out. In the difficult matters of the church, God's leaders need to be wise, to be shrewd, even if it means sometimes looking hard. And the people fear Solomon, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. Any question they might have about his age is now gone. And God not only blessed Solomon with wisdom and discernment, but he also blessed the kingdom with wealth and success. This becomes now the golden age of Israel. We invite you to visit Shi'ar Jashub on the web. The address is www.shiarjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. Make it your site for serious Bible study. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.